But yeah, it's hard to make friends when you're an adult. I was serving until like 2 a.m. And then I had one of my coworkers literally like made friends with a table and was like, can I leave early? This is the first time I've made friends in a while. And she was like 27. And I'm like, is that what it's like? (laughs) (laughs) And it is like that, kind of. another episode of chapter 20 something with me kylie mcdonald i hope you all had a very happy holiday from everybody i talked to everyone's saying yeah it was a little weird it was quiet but it was nice just to you know be home with the family i know it was different but i hope you found a way to make it enjoyable all right we are heading into a new year And I know, I know it's been a rough one, and I know everyone's a little confused about what's coming next, about everything, we just don't know, but um, I don't know, I've been really feeling it too, but we're just gonna look ahead and keep going towards what we want, and it's gonna be a good year. I know it's a big question mark once again, but I have a feeling that there are good things coming for all of us, in every area. I'm not a psychic but I just do have a good feeling. And I know we are all ready to kiss this year goodbye, but I don't think we should look past all that we did in 2020 because obviously we all overcame so much. We got through each day, which is a huge accomplishment in itself. We grew in ways we didn't know we were going to grow, and um, we're stronger people, 100%. So, I gotta say, Alex Cooper did this, and I had to copy it because I thought it was a really good idea. Um, On Instagram, I did a little poll saying, what were some good things that happened to you this year? No matter how big, how small, like, what are some good things? So, I'm gonna read them to you. Let's just celebrate each other's accomplishments. Somebody got laid off from a job that he hated. You know what? Good. If you're in a job that's not good for you, move on. Johnny started law school. Shout out to Johnny, future lawyer of the world, helping us all. My friend Nicole said meeting you. Shout out, girl. Love you. Erin got straight A's in her first semester of grad school while working full time. Go, girl. That is huge. Shout out to all the people out there trying to make it all work and doing it. I know it's not easy, so good for you. Frank survived COVID. God bless. Seriously. Elizabeth passed her first semester of nursing school. Yes, girl, do it. Samantha got to work from home and spend more time with her daughter. Ah, see, I'm not saying it's easy, but there are definitely blessings that came from this time. Katie gained spiritual enlightenment. Go girl, love you. Greg got a new truck in July, ballin', yes dude. Becky was asked to become a part of the photography team at her church and it helped her anxiety. I know that can be hard to deal with. So once you find an outlet, 
that you're happy with, it makes all the difference. So keep going with that. Leah reached a fitness goal of hers that she's been trying to achieve forever. Oh my God, yes. Timothy became a grandfather for the fourth time. He has four boys now and he's over the moon. Gotta love family. I can't wait until there are babies in my family again. Um, not for me right away, but um, <laughs> shout out to my family members. If you wanna have a baby, go ahead. My mom posted, she said, having a healthy family all year long. Truly very grateful for that. Rob said he learned a lot about himself and is coming to find acceptance. Good. I think we all had to do a little bit of personal growth this year. So keep riding that ride. Keep doing your thing. Victoria paid off her student loans. Oh, yes. Do it. Will, pre-COVID, got to kiss a girl that he wanted to for a very long time. Mm. I don't know about what happened um, post-COVID, but I'm glad you got to do that pre-COVID. Hope that worked out for you, bud. Sarah graduated college, yes! Kyle said he got to work less and see more family, amen. Chauncey started off with a new job that he's waited so long for, new beginnings, we love to see it. Alex, new house, new job, new baby. Mm, Alex is killing it, good for you. Megan finally got completely over her ex. Yes, oof. I know that word completely takes a lot of growth and a lot of strength. So <laughs> coming from personal experience, um, good for you, girl. Moving on to bigger and better things. Eric met a new lifelong friend. Yes, I know it was hard to meet people this year, but I don't know. I had good people come into my life too. Will and Sarah got married. Oh my God. Congratulations to Will and Sarah. So exciting. Yeah. So those were some of the examples. Wherever you are today, take a minute to appreciate what you've accomplished, what's come into your life or come out of your life that's benefited you this year. Take a deep breath and know that there are big things coming for you in this next year. And guys, I gotta say, starting this podcast this year was a really, really big thing for me, something that I am truly so grateful for and has brought so much joy into my life. So for anybody who has listened in this past year, um, thank you. Thank you for listening. Let's just keep building this thing up in 2021. I'm excited for what this new year has to bring. So today we have Ellington Berg. He is so funny, literally makes a story out of anything and everything and you're gonna be entertained and to learn a ton especially if you're an actor comedian trying to make it in entertainment you'll love listening to this guy I love him he's a good friend of mine um I've kind of had a rough week and editing this conversation all week has really um boosted my mood whenever I've gotten to do it so I know it will for you too you know other than that if you could share this with a friend share it on the gram I'm actually starting off 2021 I'm gonna delete Instagram off my phone for a little bit I'll still be posting on the chapter 20 something page but I'm like I need a break story for another time but I'm honestly it's been like a day already and I don't even miss it so we'll see how long it lasts <laughs> have a very happy healthy safe new year set those resolutions and take action to them. And um, I will see you all in 2021. Have a great day, guys. Let me know what you think of the episode and we'll talk soon. All right. Bye.
Oh my gosh, this guest we have today, he's a good friend of mine, good buddy from college, but guys, you're going to love him. He's just one of the most amazing, charismatic, wonderful people, comedian and actor Ellington Berg. Hi. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> oh I love that you called me your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that literally just came to mind. I'm like, uh, buddy. I've That's never called you word. buddy before. I don't think I ever would in real life, but for some reason... Would you reason, ever walk up to someone and be like, hey, buddy? Like, you wouldn't do that. You know who I do that to is, like, my guy friends. Guys where it's like, it's possible that maybe we'll hook up one of these days, but he's oh. just going to be buddy today. So I'm like, hey, exactly. buddy. Sort of, like, dude is very platonic. Buddy is like... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could go either yeah. way. <laughs> But he was like, it's a swipe right. Don't get testy. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are you drinking, by the way? Iced coffee from home. Oh, look like, at you. Like from a coffee machine. So what I do now is I make coffee in the morning and then I don't finish it. And then at four o'clock I go, oh my God, I have all this room temperature coffee. So then I put ice in it, and I'm like, whoa, barista Look, of the scent. Yeah, really? Just add some ice, and suddenly yeah. it's ice Exactly. Coffee. By definition. Yeah. <laughs> so Ellington and I went to Ryder together, and you are honestly one of my favorite people there, and I feel Aww. like a lot of people could say that too, honestly. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I never really felt, like, super close with everyone. Like, it's like, you know how you're like, I'm friends with everybody, but I have, like, close friends that I, like, hang out with every night, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt, like, friendly with everyone at Ryder, but also I was, like, I was, like, I couldn't just text anyone at Ryder at any time to be, like, hey, what's up, you know? Yeah. I think I was, well, I don't even know if I was the same way, but, yeah, I feel like I was, like, acquaintances or, like, could sit down and eat with anybody, but to actually yeah. hang out with them, I'd be so uncomfortable, like. You just, know, you're in the dining hall, and they're at the table, and you're just like, what's good? You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, I hope yeah. I was, like, more than a dining hall friend to you. I don't know. Oh, my God, no. I You, you <laughs> don't know this, but I've always just been, like, in the corner, like, even in college, just, like, with, like, like a sign that's just like, go, Kylie. Ellington, that's yeah, so Yeah, well, sweet. we had freshman ballet together, this I know. Yes. Oh, my this gosh, I know. we did. 8 a.m., man. Oh, we boy. Made that. But it was such a fun time. Because Mary Barton's such a great dance teacher. Yeah, she is. I liked her a lot. No, I always just was so had such admiration for, like, what you did. Because I just, like, my favorite kind of people are the people that just, like, commit so much to who they are. You know what I mean? Oh, oh my God. It's you. already emotional. Are you crying right now? <laughs> I'm crying. It's because I'm drunk from my iced coffee. Wait, you're not you know? actually crying, are you? No. No. Oh, my it's... God. <laughs> I got a theater degree. I know. You're good. You're a good actor, okay? I want... No, oh my God. I know. But honestly, I'd say the same thing for you. Mostly because, you know, you were somebody who, no matter what was going on with, like, the shows that were going on in school and casting, like, you were creating opportunities for yourself. And not only that, you were involving other people in them to collaborate with you and to create something together. And... The things you did were amazing. You would have shows that you wrote and with the music. And then and then I remember your showcase and you just had a whole, like, not showcase. What was it called? Yeah, uh, yeah recital, my, senior recital. It was like, they called it senior recital, but I was like, my one-man show. Oh, my <laughs> one-man show. And the end of it, yeah. yeah, you were just, like, in a split in, like, glitter booty shorts. <laughs> I knew the brand. What could I say? I know. But you're like, yeah, this is me. I'm ending it. And of course, you know, you were so talented anyway. But I was like, yeah, oh. you're just owning yourself and doing your thing. And that's how it should be. No, I was so lucky I because I was I had to pay for college myself, you know, 
which meant I had to work, which like is like nothing. Like I'm not like hmm, my life sucks. It made certain things less real than others. Like I couldn't be in main stages because like they're not gonna put you in a show if you have to go serve a six hour shift at night. At season mm-hmm. 52, shout out. <laughs> but, um, and that was fine. And I was like, okay, how can I make this work? Like you said, like I did all that stuff sophomore year. Like, I don't know how I did that. Like looking back at it now, like when I'm producing a comedy show in New York, I would be so lazy like in the past two years. But like when I look back, like what I was doing in college, I'm like, was I in cocaine? I, no. <laughs> I know, but you really did it. And you, you know, you weren't looking back. And I totally forgot in college. Yeah, you were paying by yourself which is just crazy yeah. to think about honestly and it's so admirable because god like i don't know like i'm lucky enough where my parents were able to help me and it's like damn like that's just such a yeah and it's like i'm not mad about it at all you know what i mean i'm like no. i'm not mad at anyone whose parents paid for their colleges because it's just like i don't know especially something as like this is the reality of it you know as money and like figuring out money once you get there it's just like you can't personalize it <laughs> You're like, they want this number amount. I don't, I'm not mad about that. I know. <laughs> I can't oh my fix gosh. It. Yeah, seriously. But you were like, yeah, this is what I want to do with my life and nothing's going to stop me. And that's, yeah. that's, uh, I know. There's a lot of Hannah Montana soundtracks just like driving me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like high school senior Ellington. Just yeah, like, I was like, nobody's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to uh, earlier in your life before I knew you. So you grew up <sighs> in Michigan. Correct. So, yeah, yeah. I'm stupidly proud of it. I don't know. I grew up in like a really fun corner of Michigan. So it's interesting because there's Detroit and then there are the suburbs of Detroit, which are overwhelmingly segregated from what you imagine Detroit to be. And then past that, like Ring is my town. And then there's Ann Arbor, Michigan, where U of M is and all that stuff. Right. So my town sort of is the working town for Ann Arbor. You know what I mean? Like a lot of big wigs come out of state for University of Michigan, but like my town is sort of like the backbone of it. Yeah, it's just like it was an incredibly diverse place to grow up in. Mm-hmm. And even my little, my older sister, I'm a middle child between two girls. My older sister and I went through our hometown's public school system, which was shut down by the government because not enough people were paying the taxes. No way. <laughs> you know how it That's is. That's not funny, but the way you just said that. <laughs> not enough people were paying. No, it's, it's I mean, don't get me started on education reform. But um, my little sister went to Ann Arbor public schools and just like sort of the differences in our worldviews. It's really crazy. Interesting. I'm just, yeah. I feel so lucky that I got to grow up in a diverse section of the world. I mean, don't get me wrong, like 20 minutes north of me is like KKK capital. Michigan is wild. And then like 40 minutes right of me, it's like the Islamic capital of the country. Like what's going on? That is something to think about. You know, it's like the people around you have such an effect on like who you become. Oh God, so yeah. of course, of course, it's just so important to surround yourself with as many different types of people, I guess, or different backgrounds as you can Yeah, to absolutely. be able to just, you know see everything when you take on the world um, no i mean especially diversity in schools i think is so important i mean there's just like buckets of studies like about as soon as you integrate schools as soon as you allow everyone to be in the same classroom it just allows for so much more humanity and accountability it's really great and yeah which creates more productive learners come on senators <laughs> get it together <laughs> I know, but no, everything you're saying is absolutely correct. So in school, like, you obviously are a very outgoing person, like, doing your thing. Were you like, (laughs) you're like, no, really? Yeah, Um, I was such a class clown. Were you? I could see it. Unsurprisingly, you know. (laughs) Just, I was, I mean, I was a good student. 
That was important to me. I, like, was such a class clown, and, like, I almost got suspended, like, twice in high school. <laughs> For what? Well, you know that thing. Actually, I'm not ashamed of this. You know that thing where it's, like, you're the personality in the group, and then, like, the whole class is talking, and the teacher singles you out because you're, like, the most obvious target? I was that girl. <laughs> <laughs> so one day I was like, everyone was talking, Mr. Olford. What are you mad about? And he was like, okay, to the principal's office with you. Uh-huh. So twice that happens? Yeah. Damn. That's <laughs> so okay. maybe it was you know me. What? You know? I know. Now, maybe I was the problem. I'm blaming it on this like societal issue. You're yeah. like, nah, maybe. Sometimes it it's important me. to take responsibility. I get that. <laughs> Sometimes. It's okay. We don't have to today. We can no. just keep that in the back no. of our minds. Exactly. <laughs> so were you into performing from an early age? Yeah, it was weird. I w- I've never felt like one of those people that had stage parents. My parents didn't really get it. I sort of found theater myself like in middle school. It just felt so obvious to me then that it was like, oh yeah, this is what you make a career out of, you know? Like, right. It was such a crazy shift. I just remember it so vividly just being like, up until then I was like, I'm not worth this. Like the people who are movie stars, whatever, like that's a vanity or that's a self-involvement that I could never feel myself fitting into. But then once I actually like did my first play and realized there's like, it's actually a job, you know, and it's actually an art. (laughs) (laughs) I hate hate saying like acting is art, but it is art. Um, It is, it is, yeah. It is. It doesn't feel like it most of the time, but it is, you know, that I was just like, oh, okay, this is something I could do, you know, and it just seems so obvious, like enough people believed in me for me to be like, okay, I can take this at the time of like a vain left turn as to wherever Mm -hmm. else I was heading, but it just made so much sense, you know. Right. And I'm sure it's kind of like an outlet for you too. And it's where, for me, it was always like where I felt like most alive as like cheesy. It was middle school. Like I danced growing up, but my first like play or whatever was in middle school. The Wiz. The Wiz. The Wiz. Yeah. I was in the Wiz. (laughs) Oh my God. We should not have been in the Wiz. But (laughs) my high school could do the Wiz. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I should not have been in the Wiz. (laughs) But I was a munchkin. Again, does not make sense because I was literally like 5'7. I love that. (laughs) You know what? I I really hope you get canceled by munchkins. Stop. (laughs) Just like. Stop it. That's not Uh, a good joke. That's harmful. But yeah, like from then I was like, ooh, I love this. And I love the community of it. And just like, I was a quiet kid. So being on stage, I was like, you know what? Like, I just felt like I could be my own there. It just like makes a dumb amount of sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. If if I was religious, I feel like that's what it would be like. You know what I mean? Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like you just go with it. You're like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, and like, it works for me. You know, not to, I literally, if religion is what you need, I salute that. I love you. For sure. It's, I think religion is beautiful. It's just not how I connect to myself. Working off on a tangent. I just like feel like coming into what you're passionate about feels as simple as believing in something, you know? Exactly. Yes, I agree 100%. And I think it's the same as you were saying, like, I just knew it it was what I was going to do as a career. And that's so, when I think back about it now, I'm like, how was I 15 years old, 16 years old and be like, oh yeah, I'm like going to be an actor. I'm like going to go into entertainment. Like, not to (laughs) like hammer the theme of the podcast home to your listeners, but like really 20 something. (laughs) Like what is going on? Literally uh, like 22. I thought this was what I wanted. I know. Yeah. And even like for my parents to be like, all right, go to college, do this. Well, I was so lucky. My par- my dad was a frontman of a rock band. Oh my like, god, no way. He, I mean, he, 
I don't know if he has an official, like, when he stopped doing it. Like, he's been doing it since the 80s, you know? I'm very lucky that, like, I have, my parents never had a blueprint of, like, this is how you get a job. I yeah. shouldn't say that. If they listen, they don't listen to podcasts. But, like, my parents are great. But, yeah. like, I'm just, like, other kids' parents who, like, are, like, VPs or whatever. They just, like, figured it out. And they're great with numbers. And, like, I never mm-hmm. felt a need to be like that. Just because, like, my dad was getting set on fire in Sweden when I was, like, five years old. You know. Was that a side note? He is he okay? <laughs> no, yeah, he's fine. It, it was it was a stage gimmick, you know. He, oh my god, no, yeah. that's crazy. He's in the Detroit history of punk rock. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't yeah. know that. Go Ellington's dad. That's cool. <laughs> yep, Mike Hard. If any if any big punk rock buffs listen to your pod, they're gonna love you. They're gonna oh my live god. For it. <laughs> I mean. It's crazy, but I mean, that led us to where we are today, and honestly, you know, I'm sure you'll say the same thing, but, like, no, I there's mean, ups it's and just, downs, and yeah, you just, it's just find so your obvious. way. Like, you would never have the things that you're happy about now if you had not had the context to know that you would be happy about them, you know? Right, yeah. Not to, like, jump around too much, but, like, after college, I worked steady as an actor. I'm literally not bragging. I just literally hopped from contract to contract, mm-hmm. which is great, and I'm really glad I had that experience to know what that felt like. Know that I did not want to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's so fair. It sounds though. so sad, but it's like I'm perfectly fine with it. No. I, I know, like you're not going to convince me. Yeah, but it was like you were going after something you loved, like so fully and like purely, and then you're like, oh wait, maybe yeah, this is not what I want to do. I, like, of course. It's kind of like a relationship too. If you're like, yeah, I really like this person, I have to see it through, and then like. A year later, you you're like, fucked. well... Wait, can we curse on this? Yeah, you can. can. It's fine. This? Yeah. But you know what? You're like, yeah, I had to have that experience. I had to learn and grow. So... Yeah. No, that's a great metaphor. I'm going to use that. Do it. I just thought of it. I'm going to use it in my stand-up. I hope that's okay. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. Of course. Yes. Of course you can. Um. So, all right. So, you go to college for musical theater. You come in like 18-year-old Ellington wholeheartedly probably going to be like, I'm going to be on Broadway. Like, this is my, this is my way. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Like, in our heads. be coy. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what we all want. Yeah, of course. You know? In our heads, that's what we all wanted. Um, yeah. Slash want. I don't know. <laughs> slash want. Yeah, that's okay. If someone was like, hey, do you want to do this show? And like, it's on Broadway. I wouldn't be like, I can't do that anymore. I know. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Of course not. Um, yeah. So when you... We don't, we're not going to get into, like, all the stuff that, like, has been this week with Ryder. I know! But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know. Off the record, off the record. I know, I know. Uh. But um, when you got to Ryder, like, did you kind of have a shift at some point where, like, oh, wait, this is kind of, like, maybe not what I expected? Or were you like, oh, I'm going to work for this? Or, like, what was it? Hmm. Um, no, because I was a, always a small fish in a small pond. Does mm. that make sense? <laughs> like, I feel like that shock kind of happens when you're like a big fish in a small pond, which is so normal when you come from your high school's theater department and go to the, a college theater department where they've been auditioning kids across the country. I think that's so normal, but I always sort of like had a good sense of like, okay, I can believe in myself, but also like, there's no reason to think that I'm entitled to anything. Sure. Which I think was a helpful thought process. Yeah, absolutely. I also, I should say this, if we're tracking my life, I took a gap year after high school. Oh, did you? Because I didn't get in anywhere. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I only auditioned for three schools my senior year because that's all my parents could afford. Yeah. 
I, I, everything I talk about now is the subtext of just like how theater is becoming such a um, classist divide, unfortunately. Uh, but anyways, I only did three schools my senior year, so I had to audition again. I was like sad, but then I was like, this is it, you know, like no looking back. Um, and it was great. I paid for all of it myself. <laughs> Another theme. I think also having a year to sort of just like realize what it's like to be an adult. Yeah. And just like have no friends, which is like, actually it's, I think everyone should learn what it's like to be like butthard lonely before they turn 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Cause I think even when you graduate, like for me, that time was like after graduation when I like first moved to exactly. Albany for my job and like I was fine, but I think I just got very into my work, which is probably not the most healthy. And I was like, Oh wait, like, I need, I need friends. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Because it's like, we're in school all our lives, which is a social petri dish. And then mm-hmm. we go to college, which is not, it's just so easy to meet people and make friends and form social circles because you're in these, in classes and shows and mixers and student events and whatever that just make it so easy to meet people. Yeah. And then you graduate and you're living where you're living and you're like, where are the people? Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Do I have to go out to like a bowling alley you know oh i know that just sounds so weird but it's like sometimes you just have to do it you know i went i went on like some tinder dates and i was like you know what i'm gonna just try to stay in touch with this person even though i don't like him just because i want to like have a friend Mm, even though i actually think he's the worst i'm like we could see a movie together he doesn't have to talk (laughs) yeah i mean it's gotten better obviously thankfully I mean, um, yeah, that's just time. Yeah, yeah, but it's something that I think everybody goes through and, like, no one really talks about. But, yeah, it's hard to make friends when you're an adult. Well, that's what was great about my gap year, too, because I was serving. Oh, my God. Once again, like, how was I doing this? I was serving until, like, 2 a.m., mm-hmm. closing the restaurant, getting out at 4, waking up at 7 the next day because my, mor- my body just does that. I haven't slept past 9 ever. Just the reality of that. And then I had one of my, one of my um, coworkers literally like made friends with the table and was like can i leave early this is the first time i've made friends in a while and she was like 27 and i'm like is that what it's like <laughs> <laughs> and it is like that kind of <laughs> you're like i just found this random group of people they're nice like can like, i please nice. can i please go with them please <laughs> yeah i was like go off and be free that's funny wow all right so even like in college like we said before like you were paying for it so you kind of were still living that lifestyle like you were waiting you yeah. were working you were taking your classes doing the shows creating your own work like how i don't even think i know i knew that really about you or really took the time to appreciate that but you were probably doing a lot more than like a good majority of us were and like how <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could laugh but it's true but like how did you balance that all i think the working of the job so always having this sort of like threat of like, if you make nothing of yourself, this is what you become. Mm. You know what I mean? Which which sounds so like rude to servers. Also, I served in restaurants for seven years. Like I almost was a server in this pandemic. And by the grace of God, that restaurant gave me a colitis scare. We don't have to talk about it. So <laughs> I got a receptionist Wait, job. Wait, colitis? What it's, is that? It's nasty. Do you know those ads where they're like Humera or whatever? And he's like, my my life is ruined. It's because he's always taking a poop. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, moving on, moving on. <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> I know. You I can. asked it though. That, I know because okay. I didn't know. That was funny. That was funny. Oh anyway. God, it was hilarious. So. It was so funny. <laughs> I hope you're good. Uh, no, I drink a lot of kombucha. I'm kidding. Okay, we're done. We're done. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh <laughs> said. Oh, love uh, it. They said drink kombucha, bitch, and I was like, fine. <laughs> It actually tastes pretty good sometimes. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, what were we talking Serving. Oh, how did I do it? Boom. I just always was like, I don't want to serve for the rest of my life. And sort of like that, like, was enough of like a whip on my back to be like, keep it going, keep it going, mm-hmm. you know? And also, I think that just served me too coming out of college. Because like, a lot of what you see, I feel like, is like, once people graduate college, they get their survival job. And then they kind of end up only doing that survival job. Right. Which... If that's what makes them happy, I'm so happy for them. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, of course. At the same time, it's like I've always been able to like have the work and like my passion separate and have always been able to just compartmentalize them. Yeah. And so I think that skill was really like refined in college and then really served me well outside of um, in post-grad. Yeah, which I think is something that is huge and like I've thought about a lot and I... I don't know, like I was kind of lucky in my sense, but I've seen it in a lot of people where it's like, how do you make money and go try to be an actor at the same time? Like, it's so nuts. what, yeah, so what do you think was like the key for you to be able to fit all of those things into one day? Did you have any time to rest at all or were you just always working on something? Um, I don't, I guess I never really gave myself time to rest or like, yeah. honestly, at that time, the creating the stuff that was like completely my own projects was the rest, you know? I just, (laughs) I can never go back to before. I just really almost miss those days where I'd like have three classes, work a lunch shift, and then drink a coffee at 6 p.m. and just like write or tip type, tapity tap, whatever I felt like I needed to get done, you know? Now I'm like, I mean, this is a whole nother conversation. I feel ever since this pandemic happened, I feel like completely out of touch with my creative spirit. Oh, Which really? is okay. fine. <laughs> Literally, like, I believe in, like, do not blame yourself for this pandemic, no, you know? of course, yeah. And you'll get back into it, but it's okay. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's healthy to not push yourself if you aren't feeling like any anything. No, I know it's then hard. because you write yeah. is crap. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I know it's when hard when you're trying nonsense. to actually, like, make money off of it and, like, it is your job, but sometimes you just need to take that step back and be like, all right, like, I just need to do something else for a minute, and I think that's okay. Yeah. Um, You know what's so funny? Completely off topic again. I just <laughs> thought my freshman year, you worked in my dorm, Conover. <gasps> right. Oh, my God. Where were you, like, it wasn't a secretary, but it was, like, just the... What was, oh my god what was that called it was it was a babysitter yeah you literally sat at the front desk in conover oh and my like god, i forgot about i that. yeah i was the freshman who like didn't want to live in the theater dorm so i was like i'm gonna make real friends in the freshman and that dorm. was the opposite of a theater dorm i will tell you yeah. that oh it was nasty oh my god but of course like i would go up to ellington every day and be like oh hey like what's going on and like the fine performing mm-hmm. arts department and we would like chit chat so i felt like we were friends like, back so then. here's the tea here's everyone the tea hates each other but everyone <laughs> loves each other it's funny how that works it's so true um yeah so i don't know i'm trying to find a way to like bring it back to like where we were i don't even know where we were we we're like in the middle of even, college we were talking about, like college and just like doing it i don't know i do want to say i also could not have done it without the help of the people i worked with the students and the faculty who helped me yeah. put it up together yeah you know like wendy fever yes god bless her played so many of those shows for free like that is insane i don't know if anyone who's going to write her now is like listening to this like you will never have access to so much talent and people who want to collaborate than when you're a writer so it will true. never be easier mm-hmm. you know like 
in New York, if you want to do a cabaret, you've got to do all these hoops, and it's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Comedy is a lot easier, sort of, but we can talk about that in a second. But what I'm so proud of about my time at Writer that I was able to sort of just connect with people on such a professional, but also like fun, let's do this level, you know? Yeah, and you really yeah. did that with a huge amount of people, I think. And I think it's one thing to be in a show together that's directed by like a faculty member or some professional or something. And, yeah. you know, you're learning together in that sense and creating together. But when it's just you guys doing everything and you're learning together and you're making mistakes and then you're making it work and actually creating something great, that's just a whole nother level where you're not only going to learn more together, but then you're going to be connected on a more personal level too. So, Oh my God. Yeah. And then you'd be like, I did that. Yes. It's so stupid, but I don't know when I'm composing a song, sometimes I'll just like play it and just listen to it like repetitively. Cause I'm like, this was me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that is something to be proud of. And it's something that I feel like sometimes in the entertainment world, you're not supposed to like look at your successes and be like, Oh yeah. Like look at me, whatever. But sometimes that's okay. You're allowed to be proud of like what you've done. Oh my God. Yeah. Especially like that chapter is so distant now, mm-hmm. you know, chapter. Mm-hmm. Chapter. <laughs> that was act one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I can only look back at that objectively because it's something that happened, you know, or I guess subjectively because I have nostalgia for it. Totally. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I remember it fondly, I guess I could say. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I liked my I mean, time there. It's, it's, we don't, I mean, do you, we can talk about that. It's. We can. Al- it's, yeah. I don't know. Al- for, for the people who are like, what? It's like. <laughs> Our school is kind of going through a time right now where a lot of our peers that we went to school with, I would say, are just coming forward with these terrible testimonies of how they had a really rough time at Ryder. Mm -hmm. And it's really heartbreaking to read those testimonies, you know. It's just such an example of, like, how divided we were, even though we were so connected with each other. Yes. You know, I think that's what breaks my heart, you know. Like, seeing some of my friends, I was like, oh, I thought you were having a great time. I know. You know. Yeah, it is. It's It's hard to think of. And it's, like, I had, like, really rough times, too. But the thing is, like, I didn't really realize it until afterwards because I was so in the moment I'm like I have to make this work for me I have to impress this person I have to do that and that was like where my mind was at and then when I left I was like wait probably not all of that was okay but at the same time like I met amazing people and like had the best time with so many of my friends and learned a ton like I can never ever deny that and I don't know it's it's a weird thing when it's something that you like went through for four years and it's like well yeah there was good and bad and not everything was okay but it's like what I don't know like what do we do now you know you know we just gotta what seems to be great is that people are connecting over yes. that and finding such a validation with each other, which I think is fantastic. I agree. And I'm so sympathetic too, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. So but. if it can create some positive change, like I hope that does happen, but yeah. I, I would be very also, sad I, to see like things like crumble there. Like that's not what I want to see. It'd be weird, yeah. you know? Yeah. It'd be weird to have such an extreme, I can't think of the word, change or whatever. Yes. I don't know. But also I do want to say like, some of my favorite memories of classes specifically a writer weren't even the classes related to my degree. You know, mm-hmm. the stuff I use most or the stuff my head goes back to most is like my art history class or the philosophy class I took, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I love sociology when I took oh it. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, did you have, mm-hmm. I love my sociology class. Do we have the same professor? The guy with the floppy gray hair? Do I you know think so. About? 
He was iconic. Sloppy gray hair. Yeah. yeah we can probably. say that. He was fun. I mean, I feel like he was the only good sociology <laughs> professor because all of our friends were like, this guy's trash. Yeah, it was a great class. I loved it. It's cool to have things outside of your focus. It's so important, you know. So important. Just to like, even as a human being, like even now, like if you have your job or whatever it is, like you can't just have your whole identity be that. You need to no, be able to. No, and it informs so much of what you do, you know. I just get so mad when, this is also off topic, I get so mad when people are like, why did I need to learn that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell? And it's like, yeah, maybe you're not going to use that when you're doing your taxes, but it's also cool to know that there's a huge plan going on and we're right. all, like, I don't know, just like, fit yourself into it, dude. Make it, make it, dude, I can't believe I just, that's a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You said ah, canceled again. <laughs> not really. What? No, I oh hate the word. I hate being called dude. Call me a buddy. <laughs> I'll call you buddy. Call yeah. Buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like the take the information that you learn and like do something good with it that you can incorporate into this world. Oh my you god! Know? Yeah. All right. So, mm-hmm. Ryder, crazy time. We I, did I feel a like, lot. Like, it was MC, fun. You know what I'm saying? And yes, end scene. Yeah, let's go ahead and end on that. We were at the same graduation, right? With that guy who like monologued for three hours. Oh. Wait, I have this video of you at graduation. It's you doing Sudoku. (laughs) I did that. I I snapped at it. I was like, this is going to be boring. And then it was even more boring. Like, I literally was just like, I'm not going to use this. I literally only brought it because I knew we were going to be waiting forever to go into the stadium. So that's why I brought my Sudoku for that. But then this guy is like up on the stage and he's like from the mafia. And he's like, I have restaurants in Chicago. And that's how I bought a restaurant in new york and i'm just like how does this apply to anything we've been talking about sir it was so bad this was our like keynote speaker and i my mom texted me from the audience she's like i paid two hundred thousand dollars for this speech she was like oh what is happening it was a deluge of restaurant reservations that just yeah. were never fulfilled because <laughs> that guy oh had my to talk. god <laughs> That's literally the only memory I have of graduation, honestly. <laughs> literally, yeah. and therefore, scene. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh. And they didn't even give us our diplomas. It was like a blank sheet of paper, and they gave us the plastic rider rocks. Do yeah. you remember that? Oh, the stupid rocks. Oh, my God. I yeah. never went to that rock except for, like, that one day in freshman year. Like, listen, I get it. Colleges are a product. They want to sell something. What they want to sell is ultimately that you will give them money after you graduate henceforth stupid things like a rock you know what i mean okay so if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about oh, yeah. so there's like a big rock a literal rock <laughs> at rider i'm in colorado no yeah <laughs> yeah it's basically like just a big stone and so when you come in as a freshman you touch it and when you leave as a senior you touch it it has to be done for now with COVID. Yeah, <laughs> no one's touching they that rock anymore. can't be carding that one out again. Because <laughs> everyone always spread rumors that like people pee on the rock mm. or whatever. And it's just like this stupid thing. And then at graduation, they didn't even give us diplomas. We just got this little plastic mm. rock. And I'm like, I'm just done. <laughs> done. Literally, this, thanks. <laughs> yes, end scene. <laughs> yep. That's the series wrap on Ryder. Thank you, Ryder. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Too funny. Okay, so we leave Ryder. 
were you still in the yes you were you're like i'm gonna act oh yeah and then you started working consistently yeah i had a crazy first year i had just crazy times as an actor i worked in the middle of my senior year too i missed like the first month of classes i don't know if you remember that but i was in florida doing the show yes and that show was crazy one of our leading people tried to like kill the leading ladies oh well it's a long story (laughs) (laughs) anyways cut to and then i um i did this so i booked the national tour I, I I literally, they're not going to sue me. This is all stuff that happened. I booked a Christmas story, the national tour for the musical. And it was a okay. wild thing. Like literally I went to the singer call because I'm a singer, not a dancer. Literally like know what I need to know to get through. Yeah. That wasn't it, yeah. That I didn't, it's not in my branding. So I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do a double pirouette. Cause they're gonna, that's just how the market works nowadays. You got to have some sort of like base knowledge of dancing if you want to get cast in these things. Sure. At the same time, I was never like, I need to learn how to do 17 fuetes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I went to the singer call. They had me go back to the dancer call. It was hard as heck. I was like, well, that ends this. And then they were like, can you come back and sing? So, and it just, and then I went to the callbacks and the final callbacks and I kept just doing the same combo. And I, I kept being like, surely they know because then cut to first day of rehearsal, I'm a hot ass mess <laughs> with these leg lamps because the Christmas story has a big leg lamp ballet. Okay. And I'm just like, like it's not cute. And I knew I was doing terribly too. I stayed like an hour after rehearsal just to like work on everything. Mm. And then they fired me that night. No, really? I know. I mean, it's, it's tragic. And like you hear that and you're like, that's tragic. But like at the same time, I was like, well, I mean, it just like, I guess you kind of knew like it didn't fit or I was just like, it doesn't make sense. And like, what was also great is like a lot of the production was on my side, which I didn't expect. Like the casting director and the producers were mad more at the choreographer just because he, they were like, you saw him dance. So you should know. Right. And I'm yeah. like, you're right. That you is kind of, that's messed up. Yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't mad about it. And then the plot twist of it all is they put me on the Grinch national tour. Yes. As the press Grinch. I wasn't in the show. I toured with the show and only had to do publicity events as Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. No way. It paid more and it was less work and I got to see my family for Christmas. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's just chapter 20 something right there. For real. You're like, I'm making it work. Yeah. You're like, how could this happen? Oh, I guess it worked out. I know. I know. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you just... You just got to keep going. Like, of course, like, shit happens, you know? It's going yeah. to, no matter what. And, like, it sucks. And it's sometimes it's not always fair. And, like, obviously, and I'm saying these things. And, like, of course, when things happen to me, I just get pissed and mad. But... You can never know until they happen. And yeah. then you are sort of, like, impressed or disappointed with how you react in the moment. And then you work on it from there. Literally, it's yep. that simple. <laughs> You learn and you grow. Isn't it annoying how simple life is? You know what I mean? It is. And we forget it. We freak ourselves out over trying to be like, this is what I have to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really, you don't know until you know. Yeah. <laughs> Cut print. Why are we like focusing on all the stresses of tomorrow or the day before when it's like, we literally just have this day and it's all that's guaranteed. And like, that's uh. like the cheesiest thing I've ever said, but it's so true. You well, know? this is what I love about you, Kylie. Like, you've always been that. You know what I mean? I haven't always been that. I'm usually only that, like I said, when massive tragedies happen. I'm like, well, I guess I have to be like this. But Kylie, you've always been like 100 that. And I have. Aww. I think that's why I've always just like loved and admired you. Thank you. I feel like you can always count on Kylie to be like, guys, 
that's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, thanks. You need people like that, you know. Oh, thank you for being Kylie. <laughs> oh, my Ellington. That's so sweet. Yeah, but I feel like in probably high school, I was like very optimistic and like very like it's positive 100% of the time. And then like, I don't know, I grew up a little bit and was like, you know, life can suck sometimes, but I still have that mindset where it's like, no, it's gonna work out like it just has to and like yeah. things think of all the things that have worked out before then that you didn't think we're going to and it's like, hey, this is gonna happen again. We're gonna be fine. Yeah, so. or like it's not going to happen the way you think it is, which again is also yes. such a boring platitude, but it turns so out true. like that. You're like, oh, I guess I did check that box off like five years later. You know what I mean? Right, right. So can I yeah. ask you, so you were on this Grinch tour and obviously like you're such a talented performer and so you were doing like the press Grinch. <laughs> so was, were you, of course you were probably like happy to be there, but was there any part of you that was like, I want to be on stage? No, there definitely was that sort of um, tension just because I was with the actors all the time, but I definitely wasn't a part of the actor's company, you know? Mm -hmm. But I also was, like, younger than all of them. They were so nice to me, everyone. I'm still friends with Andreas Wider. Everyone should be a fan of Andreas. If you're listening to this, go check him out. Some of them, like, have seen my comedy shows. Like, literally... It was more just like I had so much to worry about just sort of figuring out what this meant for me that it wasn't really on my thing that I was like, oh, I wish I was on stage. Like I more was like, oh, I'm just also, but also I should, I already booked another national tour before the Grinch tour even started. Oh, look at you. (laughs) Look at you. I got fired from a Christmas story, got the Grinch thing like within two days and then had an audition next week for a national tour, which I booked. And I'm not going to say the company because I have nothing nice to say. Okay. (laughs) And if someone wants to know, I will tell you because I will tell you you should not work for them ever. But also who's working right now as an actor, you know? Fair, (laughs) There's that. I applaud you for like keeping that private. Oh my God, yeah. Well, it's just like, I don't want to sound so mean. I feel you. But that yeah. that sucks that you have nothing nice yeah. to say about these people you worked for. But also, it's like, I didn't know at the time. So for Grinch, I was like, well, I have this six-month contract lined up that yeah. is also a national tour. So I've, like, it's not like I'm never going to act again, you know? Right. It's like, let me make no. this money right now, get this experience. and Oh, God. It was yeah. so much money. <laughs> so it was... Tour yes. actors make a stupid amount of money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I bought good, ja- it's all those stories are true like all the stories where it's like yeah i bought these boots that i didn't even need and like i'm a poor kid from ypsilanti michigan and i was like oh i can't fit in my suitcase <laughs> <laughs> okay so do you want to get into this next tour it, i will talk briefly um it's it was a theater for a young audience company most okay. people know like people who know me know because like i feel like it's almost like my duty to warn my fellow peers not to work for them. But it was just such an intense experience, I think is the best way I can describe it. We were waking up at 6 a.m. to do three shows and strike the entire set by 1 p.m. And on top of that, there was no privacy. It just truly felt like I had no control over anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad I had that experience because it's like, I learned how bad acting work can be. Sure. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so unfair that we tell people like, yeah, you're, but you're doing it. But like, that's what you want to like. You're so lucky you get to do it and you just keep doing it. And like, you can say you did it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but it's, it's so, true. That's so shallow. Especially in the acting world, everybody knows how hard it is to be an actor and a working actor and like to make a living off of this. So when you get something, I feel like you almost kind of feel this guilt. It's like, no, like I have to be proud of this. I have to yeah, like exactly. be okay with whatever is handed to me. It's like, but wait, you're a human being. And if you're being treated like nothing, like that's not okay either. Yeah. It's truly not okay. And mm-hmm. this was an equity contract. What? Okay. <laughs> what? But I guess that's all there is to say about that. It lasted too long. Oh my God. But doing the show was never unfun. That is something yes. I can say. You I never got it. tired of the actual performing part of the contract, gotcha. which is, I think, important to say. Hi. Yeah. And then I, I literally had a role lined up. Oh my God, I sound terrible. But I had Success. Will Parker in Oklahoma lined up. In Eastern Washington, which have do you know Eastern Washington that well? I, you know, I do not. Ellington, I do have to say it is redder than a rash on your aunt Jerry's backside. <laughs> I was verklempt. <laughs> oh my goodness! It was actually a really cool experience because the whole point was they wanted to bring in people to this very red county in Washington State. They said to, like, add diversity, but, like, for the sake of this contract, it was, like, so they could meet gay people, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, my God. You know? But, yeah. And I was happy to speak on behalf of all gay people. <laughs> all the gays. They're, like, like, I mm-hmm. am the representative. I was, Thank like, you. guess what? You can give us money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, like, what was that like for you? Like, were you speaking to people who were, like, not okay with who you were this is where i sort of get so caught up in the politics of where we are at now because like social media is just such a distortion especially with facebook fights and everything like that you would imagine everyone hates each other and there's only vitriol Mm -hmm. from either side but it's like it's sort of like how dolly parton will never say she's a feminist but she does believe in equal rights for women you know like it's a weird thing where it's like these people who i would assume come from a completely different perspective of me, do very much share the same perspective as I want to treat everybody with respect. Good. And I want to give everybody the most love I can spare. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That very common thing that I think all humans strive for. It was, I never had to question that. Also too, I'm very lucky that like, I mean, even now more than ever, I've just am like, I'm gay people, you know, like my queer identity has always been really important to me Mm -hmm. um, just because like I didn't have the funnest coming out. So uh, it's always just really been important to me that I'm like, I'm a queer person and it is important that I'm visible to you. You know what I mean? So I think my unapologeticness was really something that they immediately were able to get on board with, you know? Good. I think that's a lesson for life too, is like, just be unapologetically who you are. I know. It's such a waste of time to do anything else. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, And I, sorry, my roommate was like coughing. Um, (laughs) But Coronavirus! (laughs) Um, Another thing going off of what you were saying is I think now everything seems so divided and I like get in my head about it and I just get scared because I feel like there's just hate everywhere we look. But then you're right. Like what we're seeing that's being played out is like the two extremes like going against each other. Well, that's what the internet is. When Tracy Ellis Ross on Blackish is like, that's what the internet is. An exaggeration. Like, Mm, only the loudest... Because it's like, things only go viral if they're the strongest take. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. That's not the majority of people. Like, and we have to remember, most people just want to be able to like, go home and like, take care of themselves and their families. And 
we're gonna have different beliefs like that's just what it is but if like if we can just remember to respect each other like it's, i um, just pray that we can all keep that in our minds you know civility it's what um uh-huh. nina simone says in mississippi goddamn you don't have to live next to me just give me my equality you know what mm. i mean like yeah i mean it's a very nuanced way especially now in this political climate but i will say in 2018 when i was doing the show my housing was with two people who were christian missionaries in the congo and we got along swimmingly yeah good <laughs> you good. know also too my privilege as a white person allows me to look past some of the viewpoints people from the opposing side have that are harmful to many people yes i have to say yes. that and i have it's to say that to say too that. yeah you know it's very easy for us to be like well these people are okay because like their hatred doesn't actively contribute to our oppression and deaths you know 100 that's my disclaimer it was, it was a wild experience. And like one of those memories where you're like, who would have guessed I'd be here? You know, like the, the most exciting thing to do in that town was go to the grocery store and get a sweet potato. Like a it was sweet potato. So oh my the, God. You know, they were rare. <laughs> Pickens was slim. Well, it was crazy because that was 2018. And then randomly my boyfriend and I, he's from Seattle. So we were driving and I was like, we have to stop through this town, um, the small wheat town. And we stopped through it and like all these houses that I jogged past every day singing Beyonce to while I'm jogging in short shorts. All those houses have these like crazy Trump pens flags. Don't tread on me's. Just this aggressive stuff. And it's like, thank God I wasn't here on an election year, you know? Yeah, right. It is. It's scary. But I mean, you like, you know who you are and like, you know your truth. And it's like, yeah, you just got to live your life. Those people who like have those views that are just like negativity, like just keep that away from me. Just have fun with, you know, have fun with your wheat fields. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which are pretty to drive through. They are. Yeah, I'll take a cute pick and then be on yeah. my way. <laughs> yeah. To end this chapter, basically, you, as you can see, I had a whole picture of just, like, what this life would be like. And at the time, the decision wasn't, I can't do this anymore. It was, if I'm going to work as an actor, I'm not going to leave New York, which is mm. was pretty doable. And, like, also, my boyfriend and I were, like, long distance this entire time. And yeah. it sucked. <laughs> Yeah, you guys have been together since, what, like our senior year? Is that correct? Yeah, we're about to hit four years. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, In, like, three weeks? Two weeks? I'm kidding. (laughs) Two weeks? Okay. Aw. Hey, Brendan. Hey, Brendan. Oh, my gosh. Um, I was like, I can't be away. Also, I wanted to live in New York. You know, all my friends got to struggle in New York through an audition season, and I didn't get to do that or whatever. So I just wanted to, like, live in New York and sort of just, like, do that you know yeah sure yeah and i was like what i can do specifically especially if i'm not actively auditioning for out-of-town projects is comedy Mm. and it sort of just took off from there wow (laughs) i'm really happy i made the change oh good so what was it like you kept getting more and more into comedy and they're like wait this is what i want to do like this is what i love Yes and no. It i i still don't feel like i'm into comedy but that's just my imposter syndrome you know yeah I'm going to jump back to Ryder. When I worked at a restaurant in Princeton, one of my coworkers was an art history PhD candidate. And like, she doesn't even know the impact she's had on my life. But like, Mm. literally one time, we were very close. She was such a bitch to me. It was great. Like one time I came to work with a haircut and she was like, you're going to have to grow into that haircut. No. (laughs) And I was like, work. (laughs) But um, (laughs) one time she just said in passing, like literally on her way to a table, was like, Ellington, you're too smart to be an actor. And I was like, oh. And that sounds really mean. I'm going to say that. Like, and it's mostly untrue. The, what she was saying is 
the kind of stimulation I need artistically doesn't happen that much for the kind of work I was getting as an actor. Does that gotcha. make sense? It does. And even, you know, from what you were doing, you were always creating your own things. And like, yeah. ju from just being an actor, like if you're going to be going into other people's projects, like that's something different. But if it's you're so different, if you're not getting that s stimulation from just like reading a script and then performing it, if you need to be creating your own stuff, like, yeah, that's what you need to yeah. do. Because exactly. that's like where you're going to where you're going to grow. I really think progressing in life is just realizing more and more of who you are, you know, 100 percent. And you yeah. should never be mad at yourself for not knowing sooner because that's that's the name of the game, you know? Right. So was that like a little bit of a scary change for you or were you ready to be like, no, I'm ready for this next chapter? <laughs> I'll tell you why it wasn't scary. The year mm -hmm. I worked as an actor, I made this amount of money. For those not uh, watching, my hand is at the floor. And the year I worked <laughs> only survival jobs pursuing comedy, I made this amount of money, Ooh. you know? Wow, Which is really? Like, <laughs> It's bonkers. I mean, entry-level acting work is not like Broadway contract, 2000 bucks a week, ghost this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know. Scary for me is, of course, financial woes just because of like where I've been. So I never was too scared just because like I had my boyfriend who I love and was very is very supportive. Is very supportive. <laughs> and um, <laughs> And I had a pretty safe financial net, you know? Yeah. And then as I just met more people in comedy, I was like, these people are so much better than the people I found to work with. <laughs> really? You Is know? that what you found? Well, again, it's just like, it's more diverse, you know, okay. like, especially musical theater programs weren't a thing until the 90s, you know? Mm -hmm. And then as soon as they became a thing, as soon as it became necessary to spend 50000 to 200000 bucks on a theater degree it creates this huge gap of the people who are then moving to New York and trying to work in theater, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the gap is it's mostly rich kids, you mm -hmm. know? You're 100% right. It's unfortunate because that what that really means is a lot of um, black voices are not being heard. But yeah. what's great about comedy is because there's really no big money going into the development when you're developing as a comedian, you're seeing a lot of different kinds of people. Yes. And some of them are idiots. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But, you know, when you know what you are able to do and, like, what you're capable of, then it's like, you know you'll just get through that and find the people that will work with you to help you rise up. And you oh my can help God, them. yeah. And to go back to diversity, I've gone to work with people, like, I would never work with in theater. I'm working with trans people, non-binary people, people of color with such strong voices. Mm -hmm. It's really just so magical. Oh, and good. No, it's great. It really is something I'm very proud of. Yeah. Good. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And that's the other thing, like, theater doesn't celebrate queer identity either. Theater doesn't celebrate a lot of otherness, but my queerness was never prioritized. It was always seen as sort of like a hurdle I had to get over, which mm. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing to get over here. <laughs> you Not know? And also, and also like, it is so dumb for people to be like, does he play gay? Does this woman play straight? You know what I mean? Cause it's like acting is like an objective you play, which is a verb. Having a sexual identity is not a verb, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what the hell? But not, it's so I, that, simple. That phrase like is so common. It's like, does he play straight? Like, no. It's like, no, he plays it how he plays it. And you have a lot of stereotypes that you don't want to get over, sir yep. or madam. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so true. And those are the things that need to change for sure. Yeah. 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 But, mm -hmm. and like, also not to say comedy is some like beautiful bastion of like, <laughs> comedy is very cis, straight, white, all that's male. Um, but in New York and 
in a lot of scenes, there's like that scene, which is very much patriarchal. And there's like the weird kids doing what they want in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So cool. I sort of flouted between two. Like my show was in Manhattan, so I was technically a Manhattan comedian. But hey. I did the mics in Brooklyn. <laughs> there you go. So when yeah. you were first like starting your first shows, obviously you know how to entertain people, but it's obviously a new field for you mm-hmm. to go in and like do stand up. Um, so, oh my god, it's so hard. Yeah, so like, what I were wish those? It was easier. I know. <laughs> what were those first few shows like? Oh my gosh. Well, my first few shows as a stand-up, it was kind of like relearning how to be on stage. Now I look at an open mic like a dance class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a technical exercise. Wow. And so I kind of had to relearn like some of the things that I had worked on as an actor, like talking too fast was always a problem. Um, that was my main problem. Like I listened to like my early sets. <laughs> And, like, they're like, you have five minutes. And I got through all my jokes in, like, three, you know? Oh, my gosh. Now I'm creating a dialogue with myself. And also, I don't have a coach telling me how to do it. I mean, you can get a coach. I mean, you should never... If someone says, I can teach you comedy, run away. Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, you kind of just got to go fail a lot. Which is, as my life has pointed to many of the listeners, is kind of my thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, But I love it so No, much. as it should be. Can I ask, like, have you experienced a show where you've like quote unquote bombed or is that what they say yeah 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 yes. actually i mean like i will tell you yes brendan and the people who have seen those shows were will tell you no like yeah, i've been very okay. lucky i've never gone out and have truly just been like nothing's working it Good. feels like we're all in this forever it's usually like this is something i'm I was working on and then COVID hit and it was like goodbye live comedy. But sometimes, especially in New York, you're doing a show for like three people and two of those people are are also doing the show, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. And like the lesson there is you really just got to perform like you're performing for a hundred people. Absolutely. So those would be some moments that I felt uncomfortable or dissatisfied with the work I did in Mm -hmm. a given night. If like I just didn't give it 100%, you know? But I will tell you a fun story. Okay. (laughs) Where I was convinced I was going to bomb. Oh my God. (laughs) What happened? So I worked, I did summer stock at Priscilla Beach Theater, shout out. And they had us back, like a bunch of alumni to do like a cabaret. And I was like, yeah, I'll just do some of my stand-up. I had been doing stand-up for like almost a year at this point. And they're like, cool, go off this. We're sitting there for the rehearsal. And like everyone is like singing like, let it go and suddenly see (laughs) more. And it's just like furious. And I'm like... How's this gonna play out for I me? I know. Oh my god. <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally about to do like no homo jokes, and also it's a summer stock theater, so the audience is like over fifty, you know? Yeah. And like before the show, like my cast members were like, we we were talking, we don't know if they're gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, good luck, have fun. And I was like, I know that. <laughs> and then I did it, and I did really well because it was one of those moments where I was like. This will only work if I don't chicken shit it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. I I mean, I look at the video now and I look like I'm truly having a manic episode. But in the <laughs> moment, it worked. <laughs> but yeah, you just go out there and that's just the lesson. It's you just got to commit yeah. and like go out yeah. and do it, you know? And if yeah. you fail, you fail. But you know you're going to give it 100% either way. So I can't believe my Slack just updated. Did you hear that on the mic? Oh, I did. What was that? That's my Slack. What is that? <laughs> you don't know Slack? No. Oh my god, I love you. That's so I wish I could live in this world you're in right now. What is it? (laughs) It's a messenger app, but like for work, but it's like it has this iconic Miss Slack has an iconic notification. She goes, and (laughs) I prolapse every time. I'm like, oh my god, everything just fell out of me. Cool. (laughs) What's up? You know. 
I haven't been working from home, so. I know, I know. So fierce of you. So brave. Thank you. No, but we've been we've been staying safe, so we're good. So um. Is anyway, go. How is that though? We're talking too much about me, Kylie. How like? Do you feel like you're an essential worker? That's what they've been calling me, but I mean that's. <laughs> That's just stupid. It's on my resume, but like... <laughs> that's stu- I can't say that. I mean, come on. No, like, yeah. I, I go in and like do my makeup and like read some numbers. <laughs> like people are actually putting their lives on the line out here. Could you imagine someone just being like, lipstick like, oh, they really need me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awful. Oh my <sighs> God. But I'm um, just ready for it all to be done. But, you know, making it work. You know, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> Let's hope. We've, we've been like literally proselytizing this entire pod, but I will say everything ends. And that's what's also gotten me through all of my failures. I'm like, this is not going to happen. This too shall pass. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Leverina? This is George? Was it Matthew? Was it Who's- Luke? Who did say that? I don't know. I hear I do say it in my head all the time. Like I'm I'm behind somebody annoying at the grocery store. I'm like, this too <laughs> shall pass. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up real quick. We have to know who was the first most passive aggressive patient person in the Bible. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know who said it. I just I didn't know it was a Bible verse, but Isn't it? It sounds like one. It is, it is, yeah. That's all we're gonna look into today. Kevin. But uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so you also, you started your own comedy show called That's So Fetch? Yeah, that was, I'm really proud of that. It's definitely not coming back after the pandemic, you know? Mm, you but never know. it had, it was a 13-month run, and if anyone asks, how do I become a comedian or how do I do it? It's like, yes, go to mics, but also find a way to get your own show, because the work that goes into that and the skills you learn just on the fly of just how to be a person with not just the audience, but with comedians who then will book you on their shows because you booked them on their show. Yeah. You know, it's just a simple currency that is so easy to set up. And I was really lucky because like, uh, so Boris and Horton is a dog friendly cafe. I sound like Lisa Vanderpump, um, <laughs> champion of puppies. But uh, it was so random how it happened i just like made friends with a barista who turned out to be the like manager of operations there and we were just talking one day because the cafe in new york oh i miss the east village was literally like down the block from the restaurant i was working at so i would just like chill there if i got there early for a shift so that's how i just like made friends with her she was like you do comedy we want to do comedy here and i was like yes i can do that like <laughs> couldn't do that you know fake it till you make it you got it. it exactly mm-hmm. strong swings we love we love and it was just so fun and i met so many like i said diverse cool people the, my proudest moment is like we we never could figure out like if we wanted to pay comedians if we want to have donations like or anything like that so we always like had this like tip bucket and then my friend who is the manager of operations at boris and horton was getting married and this show was like the week before her wedding so I took the bucket and like throughout the show, I was like, if you want to contribute to their honeymoon, oh please gosh. put money in the bucket. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was $50, but it was just like, it's moments like that, that you're like the most proud of when you look yeah. back, you know? You know, anything you could do to help somebody out a little bit, even. Yeah. Yeah. And every comic who did it, like always was like, this felt like a really safe space to like do my thing, which is also something I'm proud of. Cause like you will do shows and the stakes feel so high, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh God. I was on a lineup. Oh my God, wait, Kylie. I'm just tell like bulldozing me. you. I'm so tell sorry. Tell me. No, tell me. I was on a lineup at Stand Up New York. Thank you, Justin Zerilli. And I literally had to go after Matt Broussard. Do you know Matt Broussard? I know the name. Okay. You would know him. Google him right now. You will n- recognize him immediately. Okay. Because he's the most gorgeous <laughs> comedian right now. Ooh. I mean, one of them. 
I'm excited. He has a girlfriend, but you should Damn totally date him. You know what? <laughs> That's not a marriage. Oh. Like, do you remember that viral video where it was like men's hairstyles through the century? That was him. Oh, he was the yeah. hair model. Oh, he has a nice smile. Oh, damn. Isn't it ridiculous? Yeah. I had to go after him. <laughs> <laughs> like, before announcing him, the host was like, this guy was on Let- uh, not Leto, on Fallon, and his video has over 4 million views. And then Matt killed it. And then when he was introducing me, he was like, Ellington <laughs> is really trying it. <laughs> Just graduated Ryder University. <laughs> Yeah, with a BFA and MT, what's he doing here? He was the press Grinch on the tour of the National. <laughs> Literally. You might have saw him in Dallas. That's funny. But, uh, okay, so how did your set go after that? Really great. Yes. Were it you terrified, though? Terrified. Yeah. Out of my goddamn mind. <laughs> Once again, I finished the thing, and the booker for the club was like, you had, like, 30 seconds left. You could have. You were doing great. And I was like... Quit while you're ahead. (laughs) But no, it was actually a gift because it was a queer comedy show. Like there were three lesbians and two trans people. And then it was like Matt Broussard and this other straight guy who was like, I think Uncle Bear. So I was feeling like really hyped up. I was like, oh yeah, they're going to love my ass. So (laughs) I get up there and literally the first thing I say, I just go like, because the two straight guys just did their thing. And I just went up and I was like, I'm straight too. (laughs) I love it. And everyone was like, okay, we get you. Yes, yes. Like, literally, for stand-up, you don't actually have to tell jokes. You just have to be, like, confident. Yeah. That's something that's hard for everyone. But literally, if the audience is like, oh, you know what you're doing. Mm. Let's go with this. Let's do this ride with you. It's so much easier to do whatever you want. Yeah, I really appreciate stand-up so much because so much of it is just, like, being in the moment with the people who are in that room. And being able to interact with them and work with them and obviously just like think of something off the fly and then just go with it based on what's around you. And that's so cool. And I love that. And it is. It's so hard. I haven't really tried it, but it's just so hard. (laughs) You should try it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll We'll see. And I'm so happy you're doing it just because you are the type of person who is just always thinking of something like your social media like the things that you post are just hilarious like your thoughts are just so unique but so funny and smart funny which is like what i appreciate thank you that's that's what that's what you could hope for you know don't tell me something stupid make sure it's thought out and can make me laugh at the same time God, yeah, so pretentious, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. <laughs> Listen, for those for those listening, Kylie it is not easy to please. Okay, <laughs> you gotta you gotta come in with a Peabody Award. Oh my God, stop! I'll give anyone a chance. You just gotta make it. What am I saying? You just gotta make it good. <laughs> I'll give anyone a chance. You just gotta. You just gotta impress me. Thank you. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, so you're Brad Pitt. That don't impress me much. I'm done. Oh my, did you just quote Shania Twain? I love her. Yours. I do love her. <laughs> so is stand-up something that you really see yourself going full speed ahead with? I think working in comedy is the better way of phrasing it. Does that, okay. like, especially at this point, I don't need to be on the road necessarily. I yeah. don't need to be on TV. Um, I just want to have creative license over my projects mm. and like for me that can even mean like a fun queer studies professor at a university you know what i mean like 
that can mean so many things. And I've sure. like, I'm proud that I've like freed myself of a pressure that, cause it's just, it really is silly to set ultimatums for yourself as far as life goals. 100%. Like, like those people who are like, if I don't make it by the time I'm 30, I'm never doing it. It's like, like you're going to be really unhappy, you know, not because you, whether or not you make it, you know. Right. And every little mistake but, you make, you're going to be like, damn it. Like there goes another day, another day wasted. Like that's not a way to live. Yeah. It's, it's not healthy, but I will say like comedy seems to be like the most tangible thing to work towards right now. And it's just so fun. It hasn't gotten unfun yet. Like Good. it was kind of getting unfun before COVID, but then COVID happened and was like, you're going to miss this. Yeah, absolutely. Doing Zoom shows. I've done three. They're terrible. Oh my God. I feel so bad because I don't know. I see people online. They're like, Oh, we're doing the zoom reading. Like come watch or I'm like, I'm, no, sorry. No. I don't. I just I don't. It doesn't. Not that it doesn't it impress doesn't me, but me. it doesn't sound entertaining to me. And it's just like you're dealing with all the glitches and you're dealing with people talking over each other. And I'm like, I just I can't. Yeah, like I know what you're going. Yes, for and here, I appreciate but... it so much, but yeah, I'm gonna this, take a step it's back. Just, yeah, and also it's like you finish the show and then you can't get drinks with your friends after. Right. That's so depressing. what's the point? No. Not like, but you know, no, it's just know. like there's something so communal about any kind of performance. Yeah. Yes. that is completely lost mm-hmm. when it's only virtual absolutely again yeah. community in any arts field is so important and something that exactly. we have to really remember and even with all the crazy business or like drama that happens like these people around you are the people who get it so keep them close um but you've also have you gotten back into like composing a little bit i think i've seen yeah i mean i've always been oh gosh I'm a musical comedian. Like, there's kind of a music comedy scene. Mm. There is a music comedy scene. That also made my transition to the comedy really easy, just because, like, there are people like Dylan Adler. Uh, look up Dylan Adler on Instagram. If you're listening, if you're Kylie, you should do it. Okay. He is so funny. He did my show once and brought an entire, like, Yamaha piano with him. Wow. And I had to, like, hold the mic to his head because we didn't have a mic stand while he did his thing. God, he's just hilarious so music comedy is kind of a cool new thing which also makes comedy so exciting for me basically it's just like crazy ex-girlfriend but live you know what i mean like crazy ex-girlfriend is just like the lexicon for like what you can do you know Mm -hmm. it's always like sentimental verse that feels really important and then but you know just like yeah i have a song like that where I like the verse is just like weird lyrics where it's like everybody has opinions, everybody has a fact, but then the chorus is just my mouth is too big for my face. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. This is a vi- this is not a visual medium, but if if your listeners want to know, this thing's a honker. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, I love I love your smile. It's uh, great. It's yeah. Huge. Um <laughs> Which I'm also, I like, I love that. Like so many straight male comedians can get up on stage and be like, yeah, I'm ugly. And everyone's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but like, That's like so true. I go up like with my little gay ass and I'm like, hmm, hmm, I look goofy. And people are like, no, sweetie, it's okay. And I'm like, I did not need the Trevor project for this. Oh my God. No, yeah. you're very attractive. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> buddy um, Ew. you just got it that took you like two seconds people are literally gonna listen to this and be like nope <laughs> it's okay oh, gosh, it's okay i, I think it. people will like it um wait did i, I see did i see that you worked with carly ray jepson no <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so, wait i swear i saw that on facebook what is that? okay 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 so brooklyn comedy collective great force in comedy unlike ucb bad 
But um, I said it. But Brooklyn Comedy Collective, they've been doing Zoom shows, but it's like, they're doing a cool thing. And they're on the TV co-app, which is like this new app, but like you can actually pay performers with it, which is why it's really cool. But God, this is a pain in the ass to explain. But basically like the only way I could like sort of rationalize a Zoom show, I found this sort of like way to calibrate it. So it's like a television broadcast that kind of is entertaining to watch live. So it's like a fake theater company is putting on a fake musical and I'm the fake artistic director. Okay. And the musical is bad. It's just a bad idea. It's not good. Okay. So the last one I did was called Seneca, A New Musical. And it was about the women's <laughs> suffrage movement. But I took a bunch of Carly Rae Jepsen songs. <laughs> so, like, you got Susan B. Anthony being like, boy problems, which is not the issue. Oh, my God. But it was, I mean, I wouldn't even say it was funny. It was just a blast to do. And, and like, I got to work with Abeba and uh, Chrissy Hartzell and Nora. Yeah. And it was just, like, fun to hear them sing again and, like, just do this oh stupid God. tacky thing. And so. Dude, I, <laughs> I'm just crying because I swoon. <laughs> I read that you on Facebook. Like, <laughs> I was like, go Ellington. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> could you imagine? Oh my God, I'm blowing the mic. But no, because it's totally something that could happen. Like you could totally be working with her. Like I, I love that's my brand. Just like you wake up on Facebook and you're like, oh yeah, makes sense. He's working with Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> and I was sitting here listening to you like explain this stuff. And I'm like, when's he going to bring it up? <laughs> It would make sense, like, everyone welcome Ellington. <laughs> you will, you will. But anyway, so oh, these boy. shows are actually, I know they're so funny, and, like, I wish I could be there to see them, so. Oh, you can. Um, Just download the TV Co. app. I'm not getting paid to say this. I, I kind of am. I'm getting paid to the show. Download the TV Co. app. You can tip me. Okay. Hmm. I will. And it's cool. You can tip performers. Uh, download the TV Co. app. And then follow um, Brooklyn Comedy Collective. And they broadcast okay. shows every day of the week. I'll keep everyone updated with links and stuff. Oh, thanks. Oh, my God. Of course. Um, another thing I want to talk about is, like, speaking of social media, like, when you're not posting your shows, you're posting content that you create, whether it's, like, one-minute segments, but they're hilarious. Cinema. Thank um, you. <laughs> the one, was it Patti Lapone doing auditions? Oh, that was a or good what one. what was it? Dumb ideas come to your head, and then as a comedian, you hope you can, like, give some, like, smart to it or some depth, and, like, that sort of just, yeah. like, was the right amount of this is so stupid, but also, like, I love what this is, you know? What is it? Like, this idea will just come into your head, and then do you immediately, like, get to work? You're like, all right, we got to make something out of this, or do you, like, let it sit for a little bit? I do like to let them sit for a little bit, just because, like, they often do get refined. Mm-hmm. Like, with this Brooklyn comedy show I've got coming up, like... I said yes to it a month ago, and I was like, crap, what am I going to do? I mean, that's what being an artist is. As you progress through the day, things happen, and yeah. hopefully you can apply them to what you're feeling internally. One of my more recent videos, I don't know how well you stalked me, I did that like fake burlesque that's like, how to seduce someone in quarantine. Oh my god, I don't know if I saw that. It's okay. It, literally, that started out as a bit that I was doing live. It's like, boom, 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 hey, babe. You know, like like a burlesque thing. And I was doing that live about, like, apple picking. Because I don't know if you remember fall 2019, but every bitch was in Fishkill Farms getting their life, you hey, know? Hey, I'm from Fishkill. Do you know that? <gasps> Literally. Nar? 
Yes, like Fishkill is the town I grew up in. I can't believe you even just said Fishkill Farms. That's so funny. That was but the last apple orchard I went to. I can't believe you. everybody was going there. That's so weird because that's like the apple orchard I grew up going to. And I remember on Instagram last year, I'm like, why is everybody in Fishkill? Like, it was so Everyone was weird. In I think for us, I can't speak for everybody, but it was the most affordable Uber from the train option. Interesting. Okay. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so everybody was in Fishkill last year, apple picking. And then... So, uh, yeah, I had this bit that was just making fun of how everyone was apple picking. And then I randomly did a live show in Denver. It was cute, but also not cute. (laughs) Because it was northern Colorado, actually. Actually, it was a prairie behind a Home Depot is where I did the show. Lovely. (laughs) Which you can imagine is a different kind of clientele than the (laughs) East Village. Maybe a little bit. I did this bit where I rewrote it, but it's a burlesque. It's like, hey, babe, what if we put on pants today? And, like, they did not know how to handle it. So then what I do usually if something's failing, that's also what's hard about music comedy. Like, what's great about just telling jokes is if something doesn't have the response I expect it to have, I can immediately switch and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing a song and the first line does not get a laugh and you have two minutes of a track left, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's tight. So... That's what happened here. So then I was just like flirting with some straight guy, which unfortunately is a cheap laugh that always works. But then I did this bit on Instagram and like, I got like three gay men following me from it. So truly a success. (laughs) No, but I really love what you post. It's truly like so funny. And again, like so well thought out and smart. And you do it pretty consistently, which is something I really applaud you for because it's that's hard. it is hard. So when you post something, are you in the mindset where you're like, let's just see how this works and have at it? Or do you get a little nervous every time you post something like that? Honestly, and I think this is just like from doing so much of my own creative work at Ryder. I feel like it's very easy with the time of having done it so many times whenever you're putting something out there. Yes, you're like, this is my baby. I hope everyone loves it. But also you're like, my baby is trash. And if this goes halfway decent, maybe my baby will be recycling. You know, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's like, even with your work, you know, some days you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. Yeah. You know, and other days you're like, wow, I really phoned that in. I don't know if they liked it. And like, probably it was still amazing. You know what I mean? Right. We're our own worst critics, 100%. Exactly. My biggest enemy is me, Papa 911. <laughs> Wait, what was that? I don't even know. It's okay. I wouldn't expect you to have listened to Chromatica. <laughs> oh, it was Chromatica. Oh, okay. Sorry. I My just big... heard like half 911? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, got okay, you, got okay. You. you know what? Okay. I, I didn't hear I everything you, you I'm said. I'm giving you a GLAAD award now. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. <laughs> um,. Yeah, you just, you have to take that step to, like, actually put yourself out there. Because, like, if you let that fear stop you every time, you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to do Just move to New York and have a terrible time. And then you know. (laughs) And then you know you don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Do you you remember Sarah Catherine Carter? Of course. Love her. I've known her. We did a camp together. I've known her since before Ryder. And that one tour I did that I hated did get me to see like a lot of my friends across the country. And she was in North Carolina. And I was like, oh my God, let's see each other. I hope she doesn't mind me telling this. But um, she was just like, I lived in New York and I did not like it. And I'm here and it's great. And it's like, that's how simple it is. You know, it should be that way, you know. I've used to feel this sometimes you could get like so caught up in like this has always been my goal and I have to reach this goal and I have to achieve this but it's like if you're not happy doing it 
what is the point? Because guess what? It. When you you're get there, you're wasting your time. You're wasting yeah. your money. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you get there, it's probably not going to be a happy experience either. Because guess what? Your whole way to the top, if you're hating it, what's the point? Not yeah. saying that Lowered there's never hard days. Yeah, there's going to be hard days no matter what you do. But if you're not genuinely happy, find something that makes you happy. Yeah, truly. Um, I mean, there's a million things you're doing for sure. Like you're also you're also writing for Off Magazine. I yeah yeah yeah. I'm a contributor. I have only had one headline published, but they're a great publication. Um, it's another example of sort of like straight white male comedy spaces getting diversified. Good. Do you know The Onion? Yeah. Off is like The Onion. Oh, okay, uh, cool. But they try to like prioritize um, queer satire. And so gotcha. you get some really funny highlights. Shout out to Griffin Leeds and Ryan Leach. They're fantastic. I haven't submitted a headline in like two months, but I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not but funny yeah. anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> you are funny. What are you talking about? Your mind, your sense of humor is just so quick and so witty. And I love it. I so. really hope people listening to this are like, she's, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> like what if like they get to the end of this and you just said that and they're like i don't know <laughs> no it's so true and that's just who you are there's no way around it I'm just here to boost your ego a little bit no worries um i no, love but you it's so much Kylie. once again always always with my like go Kylie. i love that thank you so obviously you're doing all these wonderful things and creating is such a huge part of you are of who you are is there like an overarching mission with what you do? Like, is there s- some message that you want mm. to like help people or like, what are you trying to put out there? What kind of work? I want to put things out there that I haven't seen yet, especially for queer identities, you yeah. know? And that's sort of just how all art moves. You know what I mean? Like everyone's painting one way for a long time. And then some bitch is like, I'm going to do an impression of this. And someone's mm. like, that's, an impression and they're like you're right i'm an impressionist and it's like boom there's an art movement remember that time in this pod where i said i liked my art history class baby there um, you go yeah with the work i put out it's like that's sort of the goal i just want to always try to be doing something i haven't seen before and that doesn't happen all the time mm-hmm. and that's great yeah <laughs> you know? that's it's okay. funny when i know i'm clearly emulating people that i like worship i bomb or like it just doesn't work you know what i mean yeah. i guess the overarching goal is just sort of like have something that just like has staying power create something that someone can have an experience with that will be impactful Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which is why like i could also happily be a teacher you know just teaching is such a golden profession and you really the some of the most formative people in my life outside of my family are educators yeah 100 percent. yeah and it's so true and it's really just about no matter what you do if you can make a difference in someone's day and make them laugh and like make them a little happier then yeah making people laugh is great yeah i will say like to be completely banal it's also just great to hear people laugh i agree i remember there was one question i feel like it was tina fey or something but it was like would you rather get applause or laughter and she said laughter. She's like, every you kind of have to applaud. Like at the end of the show, like you have to applaud somebody. Oh my God, yeah. But a genuine laughter, like she's like, that's the best feeling ever because 
that comes from the heart that comes from people and it's like yes you're actually kind of moving yeah you them. can't force that it's it's a response yeah, you know yeah, and that's just so beautiful and it's you're, communal yeah. and it's bringing people together and it's like just like hey we're all here no matter what's going on in your day like we can all be here and like experience joy together honestly yeah if i would say i wanted to accomplish anything as a comedian it's just so that everyone in the world can have a sense of humor yeah <laughs> it's like come on i know you got it in yeah let's go yeah just like it's not that deep <laughs> Just laugh at me. Um, You know, from knowing you for a while now and like seeing everything you've done, you're so committed to your craft and to creating joy in this world. And I know you'll just continue to do that. And I'm so happy to see you. Oh, that's so kind. So kind. I try. I try. So kind. But I know. I have to see you. Yes. Especially because Brendan and I love upstate New York. Like, literally, I'm so bougie now. Uh, We're bringing a car when we come back to New York. Look at you. Oh, my God. Parking's pretty easy in our neighborhood, and it's just a 2003 Subaru Legacy. <laughs> so. No, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you end up coming up here at any point. Oh, my God, for sure. And, or if I'm down in the city, hopefully, sometime soon. Um, I would hope. I hope so, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I... We can go to Druthers. <gasps> Dude, let's... there's a Druthers in Saratoga. No, that's the first one I went to. Really? We got the... we... Brendan and I got the flights, and like we were like, and their black bean burger is so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we're going to Druthers. It's happening. Okay, can so... they sponsor this pod? <laughs> oh, Literally. I'm going to... Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe. You never Seriously, know. Seriously, I will... If Druthers even so much as just sent me a coupon every six months, I yeah. would not shut up. <laughs> For the rest of time to be like, it hey, is have you been so good. Guys, yeah. if you were in upstate New York, go check out Druthers. Mm-hmm. Schenectady, Burger. Saratoga, Albany. And Albany. Look mm-hmm. at, you know all the locations. I've been to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is a burger place we're talking about here, but it's good. It's good. Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, no, it's because I worked in Albany and then. You're like, there's a reason, I promise. No, like, so we visited Saratoga while I was in Albany working, and then we were like, oh my god, there's one in Albany too, and that's where, actually where my boyfriend met my parents for the first time. Whoa. in Alb. And then, um, <laughs> and then the Grinch, I actually got to do the Grinch thing again for, <laughs> like, they were like, you're so great, let's just have you back, and I was like, what? And, and then... <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah this can you do stuff in schenectady so i i did the christmas parade in schenectady as the grinch almost got hypothermia but i went Why? to others after Hold it and on. it was okay you did the christmas parade in schenectady yes i'm assuming this is when i lived here so you were no, the you, grinch like, you dm'd me you're like oh my god i'm here right now and we were oh only there for the God. night because it was right? just like... Well, you didn't tell me you were in the Christmas parade as the Grinch. I would have... <laughs> <laughs> had I known then, if only I, I had known. <laughs> I was probably at work. I could have like walked down the street and seen you with hypothermia, just like in the Literally. Grinch costume. <laughs> <laughs> My Grinch is, sounds like a pirate. I don't know why they keep asking me to do it. Everyone's like, why are you green? And I'm like, I didn't eat my vegetables, scurvy. Is that what your Grinch voice is like? My Grinch voice? Oh, God, what do I do? I sound like a pirate drag queen. (laughs) I'm just like, and do you hate Christmas? Like, it's like, what is going on here? (laughs) That's so good, though. That is good. Oh, my God. Well, on that note. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I think we're going to get some sort of coverage for just the most cohesive, coherent. I know. conversational podcast ever i mean no we we touched on a lot of great points i think and really 
kept people yeah, entertained. Don't edit this down. Do not edit this down. Nothing. No. <laughs> I am um, full frontal. But I do want to ask you, um, where can people find you and your work? Perf. Yes. Uh, Instagram is where I'm like popping it the most at Ellington Berg. It's just my name. But I do have a Twitter that I'm bad at. So if you want to like see me on Instagram, be like, oh my God, it work. And then you go on Twitter and you're like, is he okay? Like that's what it's about, you know? And that's pretty that much is. for socials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if I was like, I'm okay. on Pinterest. <laughs> and then you keep everyone updated with your shows on Instagram as well, I would assume. Yeah. Oh my God. Cool. If you are, especially now that Zoom, no one's safe. Everyone's getting a text. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, keep me updated. Keep everyone updated. You know, I will. I love my Bronx. I love it's, the Bronx, it's too. Ter- it's a terminal illness, but I love my Bronx. <laughs> I know. I love them, too, for sure. Yeah. Um. Well, speaking of, I love you. Thank you uh, so much. I love you. Thank you so uh, much for you. taking the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, my God. And if you're listening, like, subscribe, and rate. Yes. And boost her numbers. Please. Oh, oh, my God. I always forget to, like, tell people that. But, yeah. Oh, my so. God. It's a pain in the ass. But I know, yeah, but it's true. It's important. It. Yeah, trying to build it up. But yeah. we're working on it. We got it. I can't wait to see you again, actually. But it'll happen. It's going to happen, though. But even Once still, like, yeah. just stay in touch more. I'm so Isn't bad that, at that, too. It's like, but... why don't we hang out? Oh, because we don't text. You know, I, know. That... I know. I think the last text message I have from you is when you're like, what did you post on your Instagram story? Oh, my God. Wait, can we tell that story really, really quickly? Okay, okay actually. Everyone, and we're back. That was a small break. <laughs> so, April Fool's, like last year i texted all my friends i'm like no, why was, i know wait it was two years ago two years I, ago i will i will explain why after you finish okay. this so i texted all my friends i'm like why is there a nude on your instagram story and ellington was one of those friends and tell <laughs> tell me what happened and i believed every second of it i was like what's going on sweating this was the above part of my train ride on the subway that was above ground so i was able to like like figure it out on the cellulars and i text brendan and i'm like oh my god what's happening and Brendan, my boyfriend, just went, that's a prank. <laughs> it's like it's April 1st. I think 1st. I said, like, what? What? Yeah, you were and like, what is going on? It was two years ago. It's because last year, one of my random ass friends tried to pull the same stunt. And I was like, no, no, no. Kylie McDonald beat you to it. <laughs> oh, that was a good prank. I got a lot of people with that. Um, you should do stuff like that again. I, uh, I will. I will. But not even for April Fool's. Just tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> Give yeah, it a shot. Should, I mean, like, time doesn't matter anymore. Every day is April Fool's Day. It feels like, honestly. Exactly. For real. <laughs> it's like, what are they saying now? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know if this is going to cut me off in two minutes. So I just want to say I love you. Bye. I love you. Thank you Mwah. so much. I hope you have a great Thank night. You. I'm having an enchilada right now. Ooh, I love it. Good. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. Enjoy it's already it. nighttime for you. That's all right. Say hi to Brendan for me, too. I will. And rhubarb. All right. Bye. Bye.